Hello, welcome to episode 24 of Stick to Sports. Uh, we're actually going to try to talk a little bit about sports this week. I'm Ryan Lambert from Yahoo Sports. I'm Sean Tilly from Sporting News. Boy, you really breathed through that intro. <sighs> Couldn't be bothered. <laughs> it's a deep sigh. Yeah, you're just I'm, like, I'm you know just, what? I'm, I'm thrilled about hockey season starting. What can I say? Yeah, who isn't? It's our hockey preview episode. Um, I don't know. <laughs> our hockey preview spectacular. That's right. Yeah, I I have a bunch of thoughts about hockey, such as, well, I guess let's start with this. Who do you have going to the Stanley Cup final? I still think Tampa Bay is the best team in the conference, mm-hmm. and I, I've stuck with that for a while. So I don't know. I, I Lightning Blackhawks is an, is a boring thing to say, but I still kind of feel that that's going to happen. Yeah, Chicago doesn't have the juice anymore. Everybody on that team's thirty one. Patrick Kane, like they were, they were just super dependent on Patrick Kane having a hundred points last year to even finish. I think they finished second in that conference or in that division rather, or maybe even third. So you know, but who who in that? I think that also speaks to. The fact that the Western Conference seems worse than it has in a while. To uh, me. I think I think Nashville's the clear team to beat in the West. Quite frankly, um, even with the questionable goaltending, I think. Yeah, you're a long a long time Pekka Rene lover. He's not good. Yeah. Uh, that was funny. I just saw. Um, Nick Mercadante, I guess, is out. Nick Mercadante on Twitter. I don't mm-hmm. apologize for mangling his name if, if I did, but he's gonna get mad about it. I don't like people mispronouncing my name either. So, well, you and just I, did it. You, I know, I know. As a fellow, as a fellow, uh, you know, my my name ends in a vowel. So, You're a hypocrite. It, yeah. No, he 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 just said though. People forget how many miles Renee has, and that's so true. Like yeah, he's thirty, he, he's almost thirty-four years old, right? And that seems to not—that's a weird, a weirdly slept-on kind of element. I, I think. Well, plus he's just been bad for like three years. Yeah. Um. Ever it, since he had that, uh, ever that since he had problem, ever since he had poop in his hip. Yeah. Which you gotta get that poop out of there, brother. Think about I mean, it. Three years is enough time to clear the poop out of your hip. As somebody who has had poop in his hip. And on his hip. Mm-hmm. Well, that, I mean, how else does it get in there? It took me two years. Right. Two years is a reasonable amount of time. Three is just, frankly, frankly too much. Yeah. So I, I really do think that they're just going to end up going with one of their backups at some point this year just because – they can't. They can't keep getting nine, ten goaltending from this guy who makes seven million dollars a year. <laughs> I, uh, I know I'm eyeballing uh, not Merrick Benzanic, the other guy. I, I want him in fantasy. And when he didn't make the team, I was I was furious. He's I forget his name, but he's 21 and pretty good. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. I know who you mean. I couldn't tell you his name either. But they sent him down. He was in a battle for the backup spot, and you know, literally. The only reason I know him is because I was trying to scout out young goalies to sure. pounce on in this stupid fantasy league that I'm in. Mm-hmm. 
I was also asked to join a fantasy league this year for the first time in quite a few years, and I feel like it went okay, even though I missed the draft. I drafted I drafted Uber Doe and Jack Eichel. Mm, that both, both went, went great for you. Yeah, I uh, I thought the draft was at ten o'clock on Sunday. Turns out it was at eight, so I missed literally all of it. Uh, but I ended up with a I, half decent team. So if I I have no interest in a in a team that I don't draft myself. Like I even if it's good, it's that just completely deflates the balloon as far as fantasy is concerned. Sure, for me. I, I get that. Uh, but honestly, most of these guys I would have just taken anyway. I'm not going to read you my fantasy team because like <laughs> that's the opposite of interesting. That's actually what our that's actually what the preview. What the, what the hockey preview spectacular is about. It's just us reading our fantasy mm-hmm. rosters. Do, so do you think I did okay with <laughs> Jokinen as my third bench forward? I feel like I did. He had 50-something points last year. Again, I didn't draft this team. Yahoo did it for me, and I think they did a pretty good job, honestly. So anyway, yes, who cares? Um, yeah, I don't know. I think Connor McDavid's going to have a million points, but the uh, Oilers are still going to be terrible. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't really... Andre Sakara leading the power play for them. <laughs> yeah, they might as well just uh, just call it a season once again because while they're signing NHL defensemen, they are all bad NHL defensemen. So, I don't know. The once again home of Wayne Gretzky, Edmonton Oilers. Oh, yeah. Maybe, maybe that'll work. Well, he literally it can't it can't go worse. No. What what's he gonna do? Finish thirtieth again? Yes. I mean, he might. Here's here's how it could go worse if they also said, and he's the new coach. Great coach, Wayne Gretzky. Mm-hmm. Outstanding coach. Was one of our it? one of our best coaches. <laughs> I just the main thing I remember about Wayne Gretzky's coaching days is the incredulous looks anytime a penalty was called against. He crossed his arms quite a bit. He he couldn't believe it ever. Ever. You know, you got to you got to think about where the arms are going to cross next, not where they are now. <laughs> he he saw penalties coming 3 seconds before they were called, so he had his his uh <laughs> His horrified face, ready to go. You miss 100% of the arms you don't cross. <laughs> Wayne, Wayne Gretzky, Michael Scott, Wayne Gretzky. <laughs> uh, do you think, A, do you think Wayne Gretzky actually said that? Because I can't imagine he did. And B, do you think he says that he says it? I think, th- I, I definitely, I don't think he would cop to saying it. I, it's not, It's like one of those things where, like all these quotes get attributed to Marilyn Monroe that you see like that you see in like girls away messages and Facebook pages and stuff. And like there's no way she said even a quarter of that of that stuff. Right. It's apocryphal. I I'd be stunned if he actually if he actually said those words on his own volition and it wasn't like buried in a book that he that he, someone ghost wrote for him. Ghost wrote for him at yeah. some point. Uh, when you said Marilyn Monroe, by the way, I thought you meant Marilyn Manson. And I'm like, oh yeah, a lot of girls have Marilyn Manson quotes in their away messages circa like 2004 or whatever. But yeah, Marilyn Monroe makes a lot more sense. It's true. Mar- Marilyn Monroe once famously said that she uh, had a rib removed 
<laughs> Sweet dreams are made of of this. He didn't even write that song. He didn't even. Why well, I, I was getting. Oh, that's you. You stepped on the joke. No, Did I? I it, this this doesn't feel like it's my fault. It always is. Remember. Oh yeah, that's true. Okay, well, I don't really want to talk about hockey anymore. I never want to talk about hockey. Fair enough. Um, here, here's something for for Shawnee Space Boy. <laughs> Obama said this week that we're gonna go to Mars by 2030. What are your thoughts on this? I like that it's him saying it and not Elon Musk. <laughs> that's, we're gonna that's, take an Uber to Mars by 2030. I, yeah, Elon Musk is colonizing Mars for the most Hank Scorpio reasons possible, un- undoubtedly. Like, there's there's no way that guy has anything other than ill intent for for sending people to Mars. I, of course, I'm down with it. Like, it's better than nothing. I want to go back to the moon. I want to do more stuff on the moon. I want to live on the moon. Would like if they did the thing where they were like, oh, let's bring a teacher along or whatever. We've said this. We've said yeah. that. I think we've said this before. I would much like if there was I would not I would not colonize Mars because of the amount of time that it would take. But if if it was like, "Hey, you want to go live on the moon for 2 years?" I would do it and not even blink. Why? What why why the difference? Like it's not like li- because you're saying, "Do you want to go live you mean, on what like, do you mean why a- the di- There's a gigantic difference. What do you think is the is the difference in the time commitment though? That's what I don't understand. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know if that's true. Because I mean, you're not going to the, they don't the, have the ability to put you on Mars between, for a year. What's the difference between traveling to the moon and traveling to Mars? Is that a real question? No, I'm sa- I'm saying living on the moon for 2 years in your scenario. Cuz I'd like the opportunity to come back. And and I don't want to spend that much time in in transit. Okay, I mean, you act like that's like some minor thing. It's not. But what I'm saying is that I think it takes like ten months to get to Mars. Yes, versus three but days. I understand, but what I'm saying to you is they're not going to put you like no, we're not on this 2030 Mars trip. They're not like okay, well, have a good time up there for a year. You're there for. A handful of days max, and then you're right. coming back. Right, and then it takes you 10 months to come back. That's mm-hmm. my point. Okay, I see. I don't know. I, th- I feel like the moon's old hat. It isn't. <laughs> what? There's nothing up there. <laughs> I want both. I'm just saying, like, I'm just saying, like, I, I want, let's colonize the moon. <laughs> let's make it American. Finally. American territory, the 51st state, the moon. In your face, Puerto Rico. Yeah, Puerto Back Rico. Back the line, buddy. Yeah. You had, you, had to share a fl- you had to share a star with New Jersey for all these years. <laughs> Guam, get to the back of the line. U.S. Virgin Islands, take no a thanks. hike. We're... No thanks. Hit the bricks. <laughs> American Samoa, you know, thanks for the rock or whatever, but we're good. That's thanks it. For- Thanks for the rock and all those, all those football players at Utah and BYU for some reason. <laughs> um, no, I'm I, I I think it's great. As 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 someone who's obviously in favor of wasteful government spending, mm-hmm. I, I, I think that's I think that's a great way to do it. Yeah, well, one of the Facebook comments I saw today was like, 
Maybe you should be wor- more worried about Earth. Good that's one, buddy. A, that's such a cop out. Great take. Yep. I'll, it's impossible to do two things at once or focus on on <laughs> on two problems at, at the same time. It's it's bonkers. What we really need is all like, planets matter. That's basically <laughs> what that is. What we really need is for like North Korea to say they're going to Mars by 2029. Uh, we'll, and, we'll, we'll be there and we'll be there by Thanksgiving. Well, those people would then sign off on it. Well, we can't let the North Koreans get there first. Right, and and we would, again, we'd be there by you know, we'd be there in a, in a few weeks. Yeah. <laughs> hey, we just we we just found all this stuff that we had laying around, and, and it can get us to Mars. Let's let's just do it. And meanwhile, Kim Jong Un is sitting there, still stewing about the interview. Remember that movie? No, everybody's forgotten about it. That seems like it never happened. I know it really does, right? It was it was a big deal for like a month, not even like and this the day it went on Netflix instead of being in a movie theater. That's when everybody was Is out. It? Yep, I don't care. It's on YouTube. It doesn't matter anymore. <laughs> Is it on YouTube? I believe it was. I I don't know. Wow. If it, I I think that was part of the release was that they put it on YouTube. That I might sh- be wrong. It, it, it doesn't matter. Them. Same same idea. They were gonna blow up movie theaters. It's true. I don't know that it is true. The uh, the other space news, by the way, this week is a real like intersection of your interest. Uh, Tom DeLong <laughs> emailing the emailing John Podesta, who runs the Clinton campaign, uh, about UFOs for some reason. Were you aware? Because this seemed like it, people had realized it. Um, you know, there he's. Tom DeLonge has revealed himself to be a crazy person yes. many times in the past, particularly about about um, about aliens. Like this is the, it seems like once a year everybody's reminded that yeah, he this is, is his real Ballywick. That he <laughs> that he is that he's, he's a one issue voter. He's, that he's crazy about this stuff, and I guess we all should have known it whenever he wrote Aliens Exist all those years ago. But like I, I hope uh, what I hope is that. Every song he wrote for like early period Blink One Eighty Two is an indicator of some weird, like some weird obsession. That Once he has. my age it's again like, is is like I don't think human beings actually age and can die, and it's all a construct. Exactly. Him and Peter Steele believe this. Right. That that we're in the Matrix and no one actually knows their real age. Correct. Because time moves at at a different you know at a different rate of speed. No, it it, it would be great. Because it, it truly is, it's so weird to go back and listen to Aliens Exist now. Because you're like, oh, this dude not just believes it, but is crazy, crazy serious about it. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I think it's interesting because I believe Hillary in the past has said that, like, if she gets elected, she will put out a bunch of UFO, like, mm-hmm. classified UFO documents. Which, <laughs> that is not something that we talk about enough. That Hillary is, like, pandering to the... Uh, to the real kook. Yeah, like I wonder. Market. There, there are people out there who are voting for her now because she's going to release the Area Fifty One documents. Yeah, they they can't wait for uh, Secretary of State Bigfoot. <laughs> Janet Reno was already Attorney General. Whoa, that's a that's a real shot across her bow. 
that poor woman. She like that's. I'm talking about Will Ferrell's impression of Janet Reno because that's that's so just linked with her in in my mind yes, right now. Absolutely, it's not. It's not. It's obviously not like a real indication of what she was like. But I I imagine this is Will Ferrell stomping around and crashing through walls as Janet Reno. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, I I understand the the one that uh, killed everybody at Waco is is the actual Janet Reno, but <laughs> but that's hey, that's the real Janet Reno. Is it not that in her, the Alien Gonzalez? Alien oh Gonzalez. God. Oh my God, that was her, wasn't it? It was her. Oh yeah, most wow. definitely. Yeah, so it turns out Janet Reno is kind of shitty. <laughs> it's, it's Reno time, baby. <laughs> I hope not. If this is if this is what she has wrought, I don't want to. I don't want to get involved. I wonder how she's doing. What's what's Janet Reno up to? You know what? That's a great question to which I don't have an answer right now. Is she actually like six foot five? I feel like she's not. How Probably about not. this? Janet Reno was born in nineteen thirty eight. Yeah, I believe it. I mean, think about it. You know, she was attorney general in 1993 or whatever it was. Well, yeah, but she's going to be 80 in two years is what that means. That's That seems very... Yeah, but 1993 was 23 years ago. I guess that's true. Uh, the most recent thing on her Wikipedia page is that she played herself on an episode of The Simpsons, which, by the way... More, more, more fuel for the fire on The Simpsons is terrible now. When did that even happen? 2013. Wow. They're dropping Janet Reno references <laughs> three years ago. That's ridiculous. Um, let's see here. What is the plot of the Janet Reno episode? Oh God, I don't, I don't, I don't want to know. It's too late. I'm already reading it. Uh, uh, Springfield Elementary band members inadvertently launch hundreds of eggs from their instruments, ruining everybody's clothes. Uh, I'm not even listening. Nope. I'm out. I'm very but back out. to Back to Tom DeLonge's alien obsession. Mm-hmm. Like, I want this... I, I, I want this to lead to, like, MXPX... Like or or stuff like that, like emails from Fat Fat Mike from No Effects, like uh, talking about the he's like a nine eleven truther or something. Like I want all these bands, one person from each of them to be involved in, in these insane is in these insane conspiracies. Jerry only believes in like the lizard people. <laughs> Actually, you know what? Glenn Danzig one hundred percent actually does. So he has the misfits oh, covered. He's, he's got to be weighing on, on all that stuff. Oh yeah, Danzig's Danzig's like annoying his neighbors, talking about chemtrails and stuff. <laughs> That's just old Glenn, wacky old man Danzig across the street <laughs> talking about oh, boy, chemtrails oh, again. Boy. Um, I actually I was talking about this the other day, the the whole aliens thing because my friend was saying. He doesn't think aliens, like, intelligent life exists in the universe. And I was like, what are you talking about? Yeah, I... It has to. Mathematically speaking, it pretty much has to. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And Tom DeLonge's going to find it. 
That's... I'm glad we have somebody on the case. Like, someone to represent the everyman. <laughs> oh, my God. My yeah, favorite it... part was, like, the Wall Street Journal article about it was, like, it was. it's unclear if Podesta responded to these emails. Yes, which is... I, I think it's pretty clear. <laughs> I think it's pretty clear not... that, that, like, him and Tom DeLonge ran into each other at some point in... Like down the line, and Delong was like, "Hey, did you get my?" Email? Oh no, no, I missed that. I, missed that. <laughs> I, I hope, it. I hope that, uh, like Tom Delong was like, you know, I'm really concerned, and like he went through channels. To, to I mean, get that yeah, it seems like it. Like his, I like that his phone number was at the bottom of the email too. Mm-hmm. Like that, like that's ultimately that's like a huge reason mm-hmm. for why he left Blink 182 is because he wanted to dedicate more time to his search for, uh intelligent life elsewhere in the universe yeah that's, Inc- that's truly completely awesome. true yeah no i know and that's yeah wasn't that like a big thing when they got back together again recently was like he, he's decided to put off for a couple of months yeah right his his life's work yeah his and decision to hang out outside seti with a sign so that's that's part of the reason why like you know Mark Hoppus just wants to just wants to and Travis and Travis Barker just want to write songs. So they're like, ah, I don't. What's what's Skiba doing? Let's 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 talk to him. Maybe he's not involved with like trying to make contact with with the with you know presidential uh, with presidential campaigns about all this cockamamie bullshit. They call him and he's on a boat in Loch Ness. Yeah, I mean that like I, this is clearly just a springboard for me to talk about the Tom DeLonge discography. Like that's all this means. I understand. <laughs> I shouldn't have brought it up. No, I I'll, I'll spare you, but it's, um, yeah, it's been, a, it's been a theme with him for a while. It's, it's, it's endlessly funny to me. Like an, anytime it comes up, it's just, and like, and it's not even that I disagree with him. Like, I, I think it's, I think it's a cool thing to be dedicated to. And I also Let's believe... not go that far. Dedicated to is oh, it, it's not it, a it's cool a, thing. It's a cool thing to be okay. Here's what I'll say: it's a cool thing to be interested in. Sure, <laughs> casually, casually. I don't. I I think I think the level to which he's taking it is is very bizarre. And like I I intellectually agree with him on on a lot of it. But my God, yeah. Like if I had if I was emailing John Podesta, I would not be asking about aliens. I, I think I'd have some more specific policy questions to. Uh, to get to get in there, but yeah, like a guy from Bad Religion is going to email him asking about Atlantis or something. <laughs> the basis for Mill and Colin has a lot <laughs> has a lot of questions about the Nazca lines. Dude, I I had a Mill and Colin song come up on like either Pandora or I it couldn't have been Pandora. It was like it was some Spotify channel. That is a band that I forgot existed completely. Mm, they're they're one of those bands, like, uh, when I think of them, I just think of Vans Off the Wall sampler CDs. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I guess the Tony Hawk 1 soundtrack. Secretary Clinton, uh, we have John Feldman from Goldfinger on the <laughs> phone. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, he has a lot of pointed questions about the existence of a Superman. <laughs> That's a great poll by me. <sighs> poor, poor Tom. I'm, I'm just. It's, it's. Is it possible to like 
to believe in the existence of intelligent life elsewhere and and be on board with that as a thing mm-hmm. and also think that this is like indicative of like real mental illness well speaking as a person who intellectually believes that intelligent life has to exist and probably that we've been visited by intellect by intelligent life and also that he is that he has a legitimate mental illness yes i yeah. think that is possible yeah yeah i don't know man i just hope everything's okay with tom <laughs> clearly it is not but doesn't seem like it, but at least know. he's got the millions of dollars to fall <laughs> yeah. back on and the ability to print money anytime he wants by taking a month off his like standing in the backyard. That's, yeah, that's like that's the craziest thing is like all all he had to do was just throw some shitty four chord songs together and no one would and he would be richer by 15 more percent. Right. Well, well, again, it, it's just it's the Jeff Mangum thing, right? Where like. He can now, like, he did that tour a couple years ago with Neutral Milk Hotel, yes. and, he, and he probably made, like, $6 million or whatever, and now he doesn't have to do shit again for another decade or whatever. Oh, he, he also doesn't have, like, this insane organization to bankroll in terms of, you know, like... That's certainly true. Yeah. Well, I guess uh, the 19 other people in Neutral Milk Hotel probably feel differently about it, but... I mean, what is like Je- Jeff Mangum just lives in he lives in a house and just hangs out. He's yeah. not, you know, he doesn't. <laughs> I don't think he was ever on cribs. Yeah, Tom DeLonge was. That's what I'm saying. And That's now for the next discussion, which is Tom DeLonge's cribs episode. What do you think? Uh, you know what? I think I missed that one. The only one I ever yeah. saw was the um, one of the, the Red Man in, one. Yeah, the Red Man one is the greatest. That that's the one where they just go to Staten Island and he lives in like a shitty little house. Yeah, right? it was either Staten Island or Newark. I'm pretty sure Redman was from was from New Jersey. Okay. So it was, yeah, it was you know he had broken blinds and yeah, and a shoebox filled with dollar bills. <laughs> that is an all time classic. And there was just like a guy sleeping on the couch, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, what a life! Love Redman. Sure, sure. <laughs> I'm I'm more of a method man enjoyer myself, but yes, we know what a big Wu Tang fan you are, my friend. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the other thing we wanted to talk about briefly is we both saw the Magnificent Seven, mm-hmm. and I really liked it. I thought it was great. Yeah, so did I. And I. You know, it's a classic movie and all that kind of stuff, so we're a little... Or, I, you know, I entered into it being a little dubious as to whether it would actually be all that good, but... Yeah, I, I think it's I think it's proof that... To me, it's proof that you can remake almost anything if you do it the right way. That's the problem, that it, that it never gets done the right way. Correct. Like, you don't have that... You don't have that cast. You know, you don't have Antoine Fuqua directing it. You don't have Nick Pizzolatto writing it. Like it's people. People do these remakes and they do them wrong. But it's not the the error isn't isn't in doing them. It's in the actual execution of it. Right. Because, well, I mean, for 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 the like, my my takeaway from it was, boy, you could put Denzel in pretty much anything, and I'm going to sit there and love it. I've watched. I've I've I I've watched movies with him in it that 
he that are would be unwatchable. Like our yeah, like, absolutely. Like Man on Fire, that's not a great movie. It is kind of a great movie, but it's just because he's so great in it. Yes. Um, the, the John Q. Like the, just like like movies like that that should by all measures be be junk. And, the perfect example is The Equalizer, where yeah. where he just plays you know Taken Man, mm-hmm. and it's Home Alone and a Home Depot, but. <laughs> He just like watching him murder various Game of Thrones cast members was amazing, and it had no business being as good as it was. And I'm glad that he's making better movies now. It seems like after ta- after getting, oh, I I shouldn't really say that because I I know critics liked Flight and all that stuff, but like they they showed a trailer for Fences ahead of ahead of uh, Magnificent Seven, and it, it looks phenomenal. Like I I like. I like Denzel being in serious movies where it's not just some riff on, like you said, Liam Neeson. Liam Neeson's in Taken. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, Chris Pratt's another one. Like, you have to really try... Like, Jurassic World really tried hard to not be entertaining with right. him in it. So, if you... Especially the character he played was this boozy, like super cocky guy and it's like yeah that's right. who he should play in literally every movie if you have as part of your principal cast if you have chris pratt and denzel washington and vincent d'onofrio and ethan hawk and you know for whatever it was worth peter sarsgaard in the in the four scenes he was in like you have to really try to screw up a movie and it doesn't matter whether you're remaking magnificent seven or if you're doing something new or if it's, you know, I don't like you you could you could cast those guys in anything and if the material is good enough it's going to be worth seeing. Yeah. And speaking of Vincent D'Onofrio, D'Onofrio by the way, what was the choice on his voice in that movie? I that don't was, know, but I loved it. I loved it I too. Know, it was so I don't know great. I don't know where it came from, but I laughed whenever like the first time he spoke, I laughed. It was amazing. He's the man. Yeah. He's super great. Um but it it really reminded me. I recently watched the uh, the Point Break remake on HBO Go. Yeah, I keep I keep like almost watching that on HBO Go, and I I just can't I can't pull it the trigger is on it. Truly awful. But that's another one though. Like like that's it. The same. I that should that could have been good if yeah. you would you would have cast it the right way and and had the right guys in that roles in in those roles. It's not like Point Break is is is. I mean, it's like you know God. It's got value because people, you know, like it. Maybe kind of ironically, the, and then the, also I mean, sort of the the performances are driving the movie. Like the plot's somewhat interesting, but it's the performances that you're like, okay, right. that this is what I showed up for. Yeah, Patrick Swayze is great in that movie, and yes. Gary, and Gary Busey is great. Like all like all that stuff. It, that's what it is. It's great performances that are elevating this this just kind of ridiculous this ridiculous plot. And if they would have, they could have done that exact same thing. And just found, uh, you know, for whatever reason, they didn't they didn't get they didn't get the right mix of people in terms of performances. But like, yeah, it, it shouldn't have been it shouldn't have been that bad. No, I mean, th- this movie was borderline like un- the stunts were really impressive, and like apparently they did some of the stunts like for real. Not all of them, yeah. obviously, because like there was spoiler alert. There's a scene where they drop they jump off like a thirteen thousand foot waterfall or something like an insanely high waterfall um 
and that obviously didn't happen in real life, but everybody in it is so boring. Like, think of how flat you think of uh, Keanu Reeves in most of his movies. Yeah. And everybody's doing that for an entire film. It it was a truly incredible, like, lack I'm, of like, yeah. charisma. I'm generally not, I'm not, like... It's so, and we've we've talked about this before. It's not. I have no problem with with taking this goofy this goofy shit that people are fond of in one way or another and 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 redoing it. Like, there's no need to be precious and protective. Of, yeah, I agree. Of of this stuff, there's there's just not. But you know the the problem is not that the movies exist. The problem is that they're is that they tend to be terrible. Yes. And I think the Magnificent Seven was was proof that, you know, you can take something like a beloved, you know, pretty much a cons- a consensus classic movie, and and do and if you do it the right way and and make the right changes and and get the casting right, people are going to respond to it because it really was it it was good. Yeah, and you know, I, I think that a lot of it is just the amount of care that clearly went into like everybody involved in this clearly is a person who likes a western. You know mm-hmm. what I mean, like. I can't imagine that anybody who made the Point Break remake saw Point Break, likes, you know, extreme sports or whatever. Like, the, it was just so joyless. Um, like, but, like, then find, then find the right people who want to be involved with the correct. bank robbery movie and, and, and do it that way. Like, it's, it's not necessarily about the specifics, you know. It's about the overall, the overall genre. I mean, because that's, that's what it is. Point, point Break is about is about bonds between guys who who rob who rob banks. Right. And find a way to to do that the right way. Like who who cares that that they were, you know, like what I I skydivers and what what were they in this? Were they like just gen, like generic kind of like extreme sports guys? Yeah, they were they were like, like adrenaline the, junkies, man. Yeah. Like I it, see that's like that's that's a problem though. Like like it I mean, I know they were passionate about surfing and all that shit in Point in Point Break, but like that's that was secondary, I I, I think, to a lot of stuff. So yeah, it's like I agree. it's like they're it's like identi- they're they're identifying the wrong the wrong reasons people like these movies and and emphasizing that. Right. Yeah, because so for example, um, you know, in this movie they ride dirt bikes down a mountain they skydive they surf they uh free jump or whatever with the with the wingsuits you know what i'm talking yeah. about yeah it's and just every one of these them. scenes goes on for four hours they're so long and that's secondary to it like the reason yes. point break the, the reason point break is good is because of this is because of the is because of the relationship between swayze and keanu reeves and then you got gary Busey running around being being nuts like that's that's why it's a good movie. Yes, and like and you can trace this back to Ghostbusters. Like I like the Ghostbusters remake. I, I think it was fine, but the reason that movie is in trouble and the reason it's seen it's seen as like a failure at this point, aside from you know, well, it's because they had all those women in it. Well, re- removing removing that element of, of the discussion for for a little bit. The the reason that movie did not make money is because it was insanely expensive because they sunk hundreds of mil- like a hundred million dollars in in these in into the cgi for the ghosts 
Right. It's like I don't like that's not why people like Ghostbusters because they, because they were realistic, really frightening ghosts. They like it because it was four people running around making jokes and and trying to catch the ghosts. Yes, it doesn't ma- it, it doesn't matter whether the ghosts are realistic or scary or or blown up to this huge scale. It would have like been that, awesome if the ghosts were cheesy as hell in that movie. I I completely agree. They they could have spent one tenth of of what they spent on. On effects for for that. Don't movie. update the effects at all. Use the exact same. Literally, like just Slimer should have looked the exact same. Yes. So and there yeah. shouldn't have been a girl Slimer. That was gross. I don't like the idea of it. We've yeah we've we've talked about that. You Remember, don't need Slimer in a wig with a bone in his hair. That that's that's nope. weird. Nope. Not no. So just like like recognize the stuff that people like about it and and emphasize that and then differentiate yourself. Outside of outside of you know the, the the core kind of element, like don't don't lose sight of of what made people like it in the first place. Yeah. So see Magnificent Seven. Support good remakes is I guess what we're trying to say. Because if, yeah. if we keep going to see the good ones, maybe they'll stop making the bad ones. But probably they won't. Have you seen anything in the last in the last little bit? I think that um, was the last movie. I saw. I definitely saw something since then, but what was it? That's a great question. Let me think about it for one second. It's it's a it's a wasteland right now, generally. Yes, that is that is the problem for sure. Um, oh, I saw uh, I saw the the girl on the train. Yeah, I mean that's that's pointless. I saw I saw the Mike Birbiglia uh, improv movie. And oh yeah, enjoyed. I saw that in like August, I think. I liked it. Wasn't it. it was okay. it wasn't August, but it was it was definitely it was it was a while ago. Yeah, it's fine. Don't yeah. don't get me wrong. Yeah, Magnificent Seven. Uh, the Blair. I saw the Blair Witch, which wasn't really a remake, but it was good. I liked it. I would like I I would gladly watch that on Netflix, but I'm not. Yeah, I just I really like that director, so I wanted. Yeah, to that, support. that is true. That that is true. It, it was intriguing, but I'm I don't know. I might I might see it whenever if it's around whenever Halloween. Yeah, that guy that guy's out. three for three on movies as far as I'm concerned. So let's keep it going. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I guess I guess that's it. We can get to the draft now. That's all people really care about anyway. Um, they care about watching you get. Led to slaughter every week. Yeah, that's me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sure. That's how we're going to frame this. Um, this week, suggested by our friend Sarah, <laughs> we are going to do game shows. A draft. You of... need to win this one. Like, you should win this. I Mr. mean, game I, show. Should, I should win this. Will I, though? We, we know that the answer to that question is a hard no. Well, right, because you're bad at drafting. That's not why. Mm-hmm. It's because of cheating, and like it's a big funny bit to to all you guys. Taking three Toy Stories out of ten movies was <laughs> an extreme uh, an extreme tactical error. You you pick Captain Phillips, so don't sit with here the last pick. Get off your high horse. Um, uh, no, I don't think I need to. <laughs> Fair enough. I won't. All right, I said that's fine. I think that's fine. So yeah. Game show draft. So with the first pick, I will take The Price is Right. Ooh. Love it. 
I did not think you would take that. See, I think you're learning how to draft. Well, I I know for a fact that ba- that based on your own opinion, you would not take that. Correct. I, I this one I took to spite you. I'm just happy to see you do a better job. With this. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> I think I think Price is Right is good because of the number. What's your favorite like mini game on the Price is Right? Mini game? Yeah, like when you have to try to win a car or whatever. You mean uh, right? Just a a, a pricing game. Just yeah, a, a pricing game? game. That's the word I'm thinking of. Yes. I uh I like the clock game a lot because it's fast. Um, I used to like Cliffhanger when I was a kid. Oh, Cliffhanger is so fun. Cliffhanger, Cliffhanger is awesome because there's a you know. It's not just about the name. It, it the, it's you know, there is like suspense that's involved, and also most of all the the little the little yodeling the little guy. Hello, yes. yes, the little gentleman. <laughs> that's his name, by the way. Like in the canon of Price is Right, he's referred to as the little gentleman. It's true. Now, I, I think I, I think I got to go with with cliffhanger. Just I I don't believe they play that anymore, or at least had stopped for a while. Yeah. Leave, leaving Plinko aside because I think that's everybody loves Plinko. Um, I, I I guess so. I, I think I think that's that's the most famous game. I don't yeah. know. That I... Yeah. Uh, leaving that aside, I think mine is the one where you uh, where where you they show you a number and then you have to pick a price and then you can say like higher or lower. Like the you know if it's the number eight, you can either say it's a nine or a seven. Oh yeah, that yeah, was very for the fun. Car. Yeah. To always win the car, yeah, that's that's a good one too. I, to me, Price is Right is a slam dunk first pick. Yeah, just because of because of the quality of game and also like the nostalgia element of it. Where I you think Price it is when Right, you were eight. It, yeah, and I immediately imagine vacation. like either being either being home for summer vacation or being like off school. Mm-hmm. And so I'm eating Cheez Its and feeling great about yourself. I'm completely on board with that pick, and I'm glad that I'm glad that uh, that your strategy of losing every week finally pays off and allows you to use your first pick uh, wisely. I'll see you in hell. <laughs> okay, uh, with my pick, uh, my second pick, I'm gonna go with Jeopardy, or my my, my first pick rather, second mm-hmm. pick overall, Jeopardy. Yes, correct. It is. If I if I had to watch one show like like if you're like you can watch one television show for for the rest of your life I think it would probably be that. Yeah, it's it's really great. Uh, there there's so much fun that you can have with it. All the different kinds of like I like when they do Celebrity Jeopardy. I like when they do Teen Jeopardy. All the everything about Jeopardy is great. There's not one thing I would change, except I would tell Trebek to bring back the mustache, but. I'm gonna be. I he's. This might be heresy, but I'm. Fi- I'll be fine whenever he leaves, if as long as they get the right person to to replace him. I would agree with that. I I think he's very good, but he, you know, it, the appeal of that game is not Alex Trebek. Correct. Correct. Okay. Okay. Second pick. Uh, I guess I'm gonna go with the Family Feud. I don't care for you taking that one. Why do you say that? Because you love Steve Harvey so much? Because I love the Family Feud. Yeah, sure. I, uh, I, I, 
specifically, I like the Richard Dawson version uh, the most, but, like, Steve Harvey is a very worthy successor. He's fantastic. And again, I would like to say that this is clearly you trying to uh, trying to win in, in picking outside of your own preferences, which is fine. It's what you should do. Sure. But after weeks of giving me shit for doing that, this is clearly what you are doing now because you have said on this podcast and privately with me that your favorite game show of all time is Match Game. Yeah, I love the Match Game. And well, here's the thing. I just know it can be a value pick because you are unlikely to pick it. In I'm my, picking it, Match Game right now. Son of a bitch bastard. It's mine. Fine. That's fine. Uh, Am I doing that to spite you? I'm going to say yes. Pos- it's very possible. <laughs> I'm going to say that that's exactly what's happening here. <laughs> All right. Well, I will take no, I, my I, other game show that I really, really enjoy, and I've always enjoyed, The Wheel of Fortune. That's fine. You can have that. Thanks. What are your thoughts on Wheel of Fortune in general? I really like it. I, I always, you know, when I was a kid, I think the the time I really started enjoying it was when I started understanding, like, what the before and after was. You know what I mean? Because... Mm-hmm. In the old days, it used to be like uh, the words hippopotamus or whatever. You know what I mean? Like they weren't giving out a bunch of money by having nine word phrases like they do now. Mm-hmm. But then, but when they had before and after, and it would be, I don't know, Sleeping Beauty and the Beast or whatever. I I was so excited by this for some reason. I don't know why. I don't know why either. You know, I was probably like eight years old and I, I was figuring out like wordplay and things like that, but delightful. Um, okay, so with my... And also, I saw Pat Sajak at an Orioles game one time. There's also that to consider. Was he wearing his wig? <laughs> I, you know what? He must have been, but I think he also had an Orioles hat on. We're doing five for this, by the way. Yes, I agree. Um, all right, with my third pick, and you're probably not going to like this, but I, I think you need to remember how much fun it was to watch when it was, when it was on originally. Okay. Who wants to be a millionaire? I had that, uh, not next, but the one after. So I, I'm with you. I, I loved it when it was first on. It was awesome. Yeah. It and was so addictive. They, they started, they killed it because they kept, they did it too often and they, and they, kind of watered it down but that was like appointment television for like a while oh yeah like it was on almost every night like for an entire summer and people were that summer man it, it was it was huge yeah. it was huge so i and i and i was really into it yeah i i loved it yeah. when i was a kid and i remember when that first when that guy won the million for the first time mm-hmm. oh yeah man. That, i think his name was john carpenter if you, I, I don't remember that, but I do remember that he used the only lifeline he ever used to call his dad and tell him he knew what the million dollars was. going to win a million dollars. That was yeah. so awesome. What a baller some move. Question about, I think it was some question about Nixon, I want to say, that, that he actually won a million on. Which it, is I think, yeah, great. I think you're right about that. I, was it, No, it wasn't the one, remember when Norm MacDonald did the celebrity one and Regis talked him out of picking what the answer was? Yeah. 
man. Did you? I have you. Maybe we'll talk about this later. No, never mind. Do you want to talk about Norm Macdonald's book real quick? I haven't finished it. Yeah, let's. We'll we'll save that. We'll save that for okay. later. Yeah, I'm like maybe two thirds of the way through it. So yeah, yeah, we'll save that. Okay. Uh oh, it's my pick. I'm gonna pick. Uh, another another maybe bit of a controversial one, but I've always loved it. The pyramid. Dang. I think it's a great pick. Thank you. I loved the pyramid, especially <laughs> the, the the Dick the Dick Clark pyramid. Yeah, well, specifically the Dick Clark pyramid, but I always liked it in particular when, <laughs> like, this you know, some woman from Iowa would would blow it, and mm-hmm. he would sit down and like having had time to think, like of the rub answer, it in, kind of. Yeah, exactly. And he and, and he would and he would he would give her a clue. Yeah, and, but like, like what he thought would be a good clue, and it was always the perfect clue. Uh huh. And they would get it immediately, and he'd be like, "Anyway, you didn't get that right, and you lose, so get lost." But that that was what you should have said. Mm-hmm. I loved it. All right, my fourth pick. Mm-hmm. Another kind of recent one. Um, I think you've. I think I'm gonna. I think I feel like we're. Running close here, but Price is Right is tough. Anyways, I'm going to go with Cash Cab. I thought Love. about it. I really thought about it. It's a fun show. The Ben Bailey it's original, fun. specifically. Ben Bailey, yes, absolutely. Ben Bailey is, is like a he's the perfect host for it. It's a, that's another really easy one too. When it when it was on all the time, it was really easy to just like lose an hour, like you were like before oh, yeah. you could with that. Um, and that was also a stretch. Like I. How many people just desperately wanted to be to Picked get in the, the cash cab? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It made, it made taking cabs better. It did. Every time you got in a cab, you were saying to yourself, "This is it. This is my opportunity." <laughs> is the driver clearly Ben Bailey doing a funny voice? Is it? No, it's not. It's not. There's an, there isn't a single camera crew outside this cab. <laughs> <laughs> there's no, there's no lights in this cab. No, I, but I, that's a... Yeah, I, I loved it. Big, big, big Cash Cab fan. This is more of a low-key, my final pick, mm-hmm. is more of a low-key... Well, I don't feel like it was it was ever as super popular as it really ought to have been, but mm-hmm. Supermarket Sweep. No, you son of a bitch! That was what I, that was, was going to take. I oh, that's brutal. Sweep. Love it. Love Supermarket Sweep. They should just replay those now. They like, should there's, bring it there's, back. There's game shows on on Food Network. Like there's basically there's a a kind of like Guy Fieri version of of uh, of Supermarket Sweep that's on Food Network now. But oh really? Yeah, it's it's not it's not it's not exactly Supermarket Sweep, and it you know kind of involves Guy Fieri. And there's too much cooking. There's cooking. It's like oh. Supermarket Sweep with cooking involved. Yeah, I don't want that. I just want I just no, want I just, want, I just want straight I just want straight up straight a up box of M and M's like you know. Like an oh, eight yeah, by man. three box of M&M's or whatever. I remember just like sitting down and eating like tuna fish sandwiches and watching Supermarket Sweep on like Lifetime. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's a great pick. I, I think you've I think you've won this draft. 
I'm going to go ahead and agree with you. But then again, you've been wrong before. Yeah. And the other thing is this. Now you're going to like say to all your minions out there who are going to stuff the ballot I for you. I never like we have we have approached we have approached this the exact same way. Mm, like I, I'm not quote. I, I've been pretty I, I can't help it that people like my picks more than I like yours. Yeah. OK. With my fifth and final pick. Mm hmm. I choose Double Dare. Son of a bitch! That that was that was one I I really thought about too. It's a really good it's a really good one. I loved Double Dare as a kid, but I yeah. loved all the Nickelodeon game shows. Man, Legends of the Hidden so Temple. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Of course. I mean, my God, did, did, they're making that into a movie, by the way, like a Nickelodeon movie. I think they're uh, bringing back the the game show. That's de- that's definitely possible, Maybe but part they're, and they're also with that. Yeah, they're also making it. They're also making a movie, and there was like, uh, you know, I don't know if you can call it a trailer necessarily, but it's really it's basically what it was. And Kirk Fogg is in the movie, like Kirk Fogg at age, you know, fifty or, yeah. or however however old he is right now. He like they like very obviously like do a close up on his face. It's pretty funny. Whoa, mm-hmm. is the voice of Olmec back? Uh, he's dead. No, oh, I, horrible! I, 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 I don't know. He might not be. Um, wh- what other game shows did you consider here? Because I have one, two, three, four, five more written down. Uh, two minute drill on ESPN. Sure. Ooh, that reminds me of uh, Stump, Stump the Schwab. Schwab. Yeah. Yep. Both of those. Yeah. Stump the Schwab is really great. Really great. Um. Uh, along the same lines, do you remember the show Beat the Geeks? Beat the Geeks was great. Loved it. Beat the Geeks was awesome. And if I would have I, – I wish I would have thought of that one. I just I, thought about it right now because that's you pretty, said that's, Stump that's the Schwab. Kind of, but. That's kind of far in the – that's a little bit far in the weeds. But that, that show was that it show was, was great. really good. It uh, was really good. Win Ben Stein's Money. I had that written down. That was a very fun show for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I um, – more classic game shows I put down Hollywood Squares, Let's Make a Deal, Press Your Luck. Yeah. Obviously, those are $64,000 question, like yeah. ones like that. And sure. the other, the only other one I had written down, where in the world is Carmen Sandiego? Ooh, that is a great pick. That's such – that was would've so been, good. Would have been a great pick. Yeah. I I played a lot of where, where, where in the world is Carmen Sandiego. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It came with, like, that Broder travel guide or whatever that you could yep. go to for clues. Yeah, man. I, I was definitely very up on that, on, like, the Apple IIe. It, I, you know what? I, I remember I remember shit. playing it on my my cousin. It wasn't even an Apple IIe. He had, like, I guess it was, like, whatever came after the Apple IIe. Apple IIe. Because it had, like, it had, like, it had, like, three and a half inch discs, I remember. Not, not like, floppy discs. Right. And, boy, I played a lot of Garmin San Diego, man. Yeah, I remember when uh when I was in like seventh or eighth grade, like in our computer class, we did a where in where in the solar system is Carmen San Diego on CD-ROM. That's cool. And now I know all the moons of Jupiter. Well, not yeah. all of them, but like the big ones. Where on the Oregon Trail is is Carmen San Diego? Oh also- man, Oregon Trail, Amazon Trail. You ever play that one? Yeah, that was less fun. It was. Uh, and there was apparently a Yukon Trail, but I never played it. Wipeout, another uh, to completely change gears. I don't know if that really counts, but um, 
What was the one Colin Quinn hosted on MTV? Remote Control? Yeah. I had the Nintendo game of that. Yeah, that was a little bit... That was before my time. Yeah, me too. But I had the Nintendo same, game for reasons inexplicable. Those all would have been good picks. Maybe we should have extended it a, a little bit longer. You know but, what? You know. I, th- I think... I don't know that we got to 20. <laughs> no, I, we didn't need to go. I, I was thinking we would go like 7 or 8 or yeah. something. Yeah, we probably could have done that. Five, it's too five, late five. now. So vote vote on the winner. Uh, obviously, I'm comfortable with my team, but, you know, I think Ryan did a good job for once. Oh, thanks. <laughs> Frick. Um, let's see here. Okay, let's go to listener questions. Our old friend, Friggin' Dingus. <laughs> Leads us oh, friggin' dingus. And I, I think this might be a music-themed uh, question round here. Uh, what was the band or record that you heard in your youth that most definitively shaped your musical tastes going forward? Uh, Blue Album. Yeah. Green Day Dookie for me, but... That's a... that's a Yeah. You know what's funny is, like, you were the... Eight, I That's also a big one for me, but... I was like a little bit too young to completely like I was eight. Yeah. Uh, and I, I don't really know. I, I mean, granted, that was like Blue Album came out a little bit after that. Not really. I think they were no, both ninety four. It was right around the same time. Yeah. But like I, I found I, I basically like found Blue Album and, and connected to it on an album level first. Like I remember watching, I remember watching MTV and thinking that like when I come around was my favorite song and stuff like that. But I, I think that extra two years that passed, like from eight to ten, that like sort of allowed me to allow me to lock in on the Blue Album a, l- a little bit more because it was so just so much around. perspective. Yeah, and like you know, my uncle had a copy of it laying around, and I and I took it. Like it's pretty funny how that how that works. Yeah. So yeah, I was. Uh, uh, I I think we're, I think we're in the same ballpark on that one. Just like early to mid '90s, popular rock records that were not like, you know, pop rock records, basically. Yeah, I'm trying to think of like records from that era that I liked when I was like ten or eleven or twelve or like you know that. That range, yeah. Um, that's that's easily the most the most obvious the most obvious answer for for me. Yeah. Um, the only other one I can think of would be like when I was in high school and someone played you know like a a band like say Disrupt or Extreme Noise Terror and I was like oh this is like what like heavy music can sound like cool I mean yeah you know, like I I'm remember not, you know Pantera or whatever not that I dislike Pantera but you know what I mean yeah like. R- at the drive-in relationship of command came out when I was 14 and that was huge, huge. Like that was, that was, um, that was the gateway into a lot of things. Like I have, I have friends that I'm friends with because we were talking about, you know, at the drive-in in in my freshman year of high school that like, I'm still super close with today. Absolutely. Yeah. That's an important one. So, yep. Exactly what you would have expected from us. Yeah, so uh, save, save, saves the day for for another for another really obvious another really obvious answer. Yeah, and that was, that was also another another one for me that got me into like quote unquote indie rock is Titus Andronicus, the airing of grievances, circa yes two thousand eight came or out whatever came out when you were at the ripe old age of twenty five. Well, like I just wasn't into that type of indie rock. 
and then like it, you know is that is that true yeah i i, I, I was, didn't really think i don't think i really knew that about you that's yeah, really i was fun. more into like wilco and stuff like that yeah that's that's really that's bizarre well what do you what do you want me to tell you like i wasn't not into it i guess but that was what really got me like super focused into it yeah but it, in the realm of like early high school like middle school i i think i think those are those are the big two or weezer sure. at the drive-in for me for sure um, follow-up question from our friend Liam. What albums disappointed you the most upon their release? That's a great follow-up to this because, to me, the For easiest... You? Nope, that's not what I said. Okay. The easiest answer to that question, and it's, like, really not... And you're going to hate it regardless, but, like, in hindsight, it's not that bad of a record, but I was just completely... I listened to it once and then threw it away, was... I didn't throw it away. Never listened to it again. Though. Saves the day in Reverie. It was the record that came out after Stay What You Are. And they went from being like, you know, it, it was variations on a theme, obviously. But they went from being like a pop punk band to an, to like a more, you know, traditional kind of like third wave emo band on Stay What You Are, which I was completely down with. Yeah. And then in Reverie, like had weird little Beatles flourishes and Chris Conley completely changed the way that he sang which was the biggest issue and i listened to it once through and was just like completely completely horrified by it like i i i pretended that it didn't exist for for years after that and i was you know 15 or 16 or however old i was when it came out yeah uh you couldn't give less of a shit about about that I, genre I, of music yeah so i honestly like you could have been making up all those album names and i wouldn't have known the difference yeah that's fine but but i that and and again, it's like it's just basic stuff now, where it's like it's just a band that's maturing. But whenever they're like your favorite band and you're 17 or whatever it is, like sure, you can do like it's a completely normal reaction to be like, oh, I hate this and I'm never gonna listen to it again. And that's absolutely the way that I took that. Right. Yeah. Um. Honestly, there aren't too many for for like my preferences mm -hmm. where. <laughs> <laughs> see now i'm trying so hard not to say it um like very very rarely do i listen to a record you know in the last 10 years and go oh this is a major let like i'm so locked in on just like bands i already like that it would be hard for a band i even kind of tangentially like to release a record and for me to be like what a bummer how bad this record it's is. It's tough to be it's tough to be as disappointed by stuff now. Yeah. But I I, I was eminently capable of it at, at that point in my sure. life. And I was literally like I, I remember listening to it on a disc man walking you know, walking down Murray Avenue, like going to catch the bus and just being like, This is like what what has happened? What what has happened to this band? I'm going to ignore this. And I did. Yeah, and they didn't put a record for for like a couple years. It was years after that, and I like I like the one that came out after. So you know, my ignorance paid off, I guess. Yeah, I'm not. I I guess I can't really think of it. I mean, there are certainly like you know, I guess like Load by Metallica was was fairly yeah. disappointing. Uh, but I wasn't super big into Metallica at that time, so. Well, you've been you've been lucky. You've been lucky to like bands that haven't released records that have completely like turned your stomach. Like that's a that's a it was a good run that like 
it didn't happen to you when you were when you were a kid because that immediately like that because I did see that question when Liam asked it I was like oh it's in reverie absolutely like it, yeah. it, it took it took me half a second to, to think of it because it, it did it had an effect on me the, the one that I guess occurred to me a little bit but it but I'm only disappointed kind of like proportionally is the green album by Weezer which I think is a pretty good record honestly yeah but like yeah. it's not Pinkerton and so everybody acts like it's terrible and I don't think it's terrible so no it's you know so I guess that's there was so much other like like there were like the summer songs 2000 uh demos that were kicking around like there were a lot of other yeah like b-side sort of weezer things to tide people over to like cushion to cushion the blow of not really liking green album that much but like uh like hash pipe is a really bad song but the rest of that record i don't know if i agree with that i i think i think it's pretty embarrassing quite frankly but uh no it's a the the riff makes it oh the riff is so good though yeah you're right about that that's what i'm saying like that that stops it from being a bad song yeah fair enough i i would agree with you on that uh moving another another one another here's a record that that really that really disappointed me was first impressions of earth by the strokes and that, I was a little bit older when that came out. I was yeah. in college. Yeah, but, but along the same lines, I guess, um, what was the name of uh, Veni Vidi Vicious, the second Hives album? Yeah. Is not very good. And I love that first Hives record. I think that's such a good album. I think the second, yeah, the, for sure. I think the second Strokes record, Room on Fire, is like kind of slept on. And I, I, I'm also, I might be the only person who gives a shit about the Strokes anymore. It's fine. I, I, my, my I think old it's, roommate I, I, I think is it's the more than biggest fine, Strokes right? fan I, alive, so I, I have some nuanced Strokes opinions now. But I think, I think, I think Room on Fire. You could easily argue this is heresy. I'm gonna. I just said for the second time that <laughs> this episode. But like, I think I might like it more than more than uh, is this it. Yeah, you're wrong about that. Well, I mean, I I listened I listened to I listened to Room on Fire more now than than I do is the set. That's interesting. I don't listen to either of them ever really, but if I if I had to pick one, I would put on Is This It for sure. Um, was there ever a band? This was not a question anybody asked. This is a question from RL, the nice boy. Uh, <laughs> are you doing Twitter stick on on the podcast now? I guess we are. Um, are <laughs> Was there ever a band where, like, you heard a record by them and you were like, whoa, like, you're, like, you know, basically, like, your suspenders flew off? Oh, for, uh, there definitely were. I, I, I'm trying to, do you, do you have an obvious one for that? Um, well, for, for, let me, let me put it this way. It it very rarely happens to me with an album, but when I Mm -hmm. see, there are bands, when I see them live, I go, oh, shit, like, the Hold Steady is a perfect example where I was kind of, you know, I thought they were fine. I didn't necessarily think they were for me, you know. And then I saw them live. <laughs> Go fuck yourself. Uh, I saw them live, and my mind exploded. Like, one song in, I was like, okay, this is one of my favorite bands now. Yeah, that's a... That's an interesting thought. I, I've, that's what I have to think about a little bit more. I, I don't have any. I don't have any uh, concrete concrete answers for that, but that definitely happens where where you see a band live and you're like, oh wait, nope, they're great. Another one is fucked up. 
fucked up completely shifted some paradigms uh, for me that I that I, I I went I drove from Charlotte to Raleigh to see them for the David Comes Alive mm-hmm. tour yeah. and like that was astounding. You know a, a band a band who I saw who I who I saw live first that just completely just blew me away it was they're called bear versus shark Mm -hmm. and they and they just reunited for some shows in in michigan and i watched i I watched an entire video of 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 their set it was like an hour long or whatever it was and i saw them at a vfw when i was like 16 and pound for pound i still think that might have been the greatest live set i've ever seen like it, it completely that was like the suspenders flying like whoa i i didn't know anything about them by that point and immediately you know i bought the, i bought their record in a, in a t-shirt and they were like my favorite band immediately after that they yeah. they were phenomenal yeah well, the the first time i saw fucked up was uh there's this thing they have in boston and i think new york as well called uh rubber tracks like converse just puts on free mm-hmm. shows and you go online and order a ticket and it's for free and all that and my friend was like you want to go see fucked up and i was like i like them free enough so i went and like i wasn't you know, super excited about it and just totally, oh, okay, these guys are, like, incredible. When did you go see them? This is maybe a year after David Comes to Life came out, maybe two oh, years. Oh, so it was late, okay. Yeah. It's, like, okay, so I... When I heard bits and pieces of David Comes to Life because, you know, it was so well regarded and stuff, but I was just like, ah, I'm not... It didn't, it didn't click? Yeah, and now I love it, so... What happened... What happened? Uh, what ha- my sort of introduction to them? Like, I, there's also, by the way, there there are like nine people who care about this right now. But like, yeah, I, I don't um, care. I love it. I I don't either. Yeah, I, I could talk about fucked up for forever. But I came to Chemistry of Common Life, which was the record that came before David Comes to Life. Mm-hmm. I came to that a little. It wasn't. That I came to it late, but it took like a little bit for it to click. And then after listening to it. And spending some time with it, I was like, "Oh, holy shit, this is phenomenal!" Yeah. So I was like, I was in, and then David comes to life was a leap forward. Um, and but I was, I was ready for it. Like I, I was so psyched for that record to come out and to have it, to have that deliver was just super, super cool. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And I mean, even the new one that came out, what two, three years ago at this point? Yeah. So good. It's good. They're they're great. Like that's that's everything that I could look for in a band. Yeah, Th- that by the way is one of my f- various uh, like inexplicable Twitter follower f- followers is Damien from Fucked Up. Follows oh me. man, really? Yeah, I, I don't know forever. why. He, he never he never. Fo- uh, I'm I jealous think, of that one. I think I think it was because I tweeted him ab- at him about like a hardcore band once. Oh, that's that's definitely why. Cause, that's cool. That's a good one. Because he was, I think he was talking about like, uh, you know, if you could do thirty three and a third for hardcore records, <laughs> and I was like, I have some thoughts. That's great. I lean that's like in. wheelhouse stuff. Yeah. No, I, they're also Canadian. Mm-hmm. Nobody's perfect. one of them. <laughs> one of the many, one of the many Canadian bands that I love. I'm seeing Pup in a couple of weeks. I'm super. That's psyched cool. About yeah, it. they're they're coming here too. I'm gonna see them as well. I'm a. Uh, I'm seeing Beach Slang also. Beach Slang in, in uh, Joyce Manor. I, I saw Beach Slang. I think I might have talked about this on the show. I saw Beach Slang a couple months ago. And uh, I was like, oh, I'll get there, you know, around like 9, 9.30 or whatever. Yeah, yeah. 
and the sh- and oh they- no wait that's actually that's actually not right it's joyce it's joyce manor in, in the hotel year uh which i'm gonna see and then and then um and then uh jesus christ what thought i just say beach before lane? that beach lane yeah that's right around the same time yeah there's so joyce manor and so joyce manor and I'm more excited about Joyce Manor in the, in the hotel year. At this oh, point. I understand. Like I, yeah, that's I, very in your wheelhouse. Yeah, it is. And and as much as I like that first Beachling record, man, the second one just didn't do it for me. Really? I liked it a lot. It's just too much, too too much of too much of of the same thing. Of a 43 year old man talking about being a teenager. Can't I can't deal with it, man? I got well, a problem with it. Where's your beef with the Hold Steady then, bro? They're better. <laughs> Fair enough. They're better, and, and there's like, and there's like removal from it, and there's, there's, uh, well, you, you could, st- he sings those songs as if he is in, as if he wrote them in study hall. Like they're, right, written, I understand. They're written from the perspective of, they're written from from a perspective of. They are a child. almost too sincere, is what I would say about beach slang. I there I there's not enough. Like the the cool part about the whole study is that it's adults writing about writing about <laughs> about high school kids. Like like sure. that's that's what that's what Boys and Girls in America is about. It's not an adult writing as if he is a high school kid. Right. I think that's an important distinction. <laughs> sure. Uh let's see here. What uh Jake asks, what is the best fun size candy? I mean I'm a Reese's peanut butter. I, I'm not going to count that as as a fun size cake because that's just like half of a package of Reese's peanut butter. Cups. You know what a really good a really good fun size version of a candy bar is Nestle Crunch. I was just going to say that that yep. that is the perfect one as far as I'm concerned. Yep. yep. So we are agreed on that. What Next. is uh, <laughs> Mike Wilson asks? What is the best kind of apple? Uh. The Gala Apple. What one is that one? I don't know. It's uh, an apple that's it's um, produced in Australia, I believe, and they're awesome. The answer for Young Intelligence here is the green one. Love a green apple. Just like what kind of green apple? Granny like Smith. a Granny Smith apple? Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other – the uh, actually, you know what I – this actually might be. I actually might like this more. A jazz apple, which I is a cross know. between a royal gala and a Braeburn apple. Wow, you are, you are coming correct with your apple knowledge here, this dude. Is I know. Incredible. I, it uh, it's uh, yeah. I I would go just go buy a. I'm bad at describing food, but just go buy a jazz apple if 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 you if you can if you can get your hands on it. Okay. Um. Let's see. One more question here. Uh, what is the most overrated book you've ever read? Ah, oh, God. <sighs> All right, I I have one ready to one go. Flew over the, one flew over the cuckoo's nest, maybe. Really? I've never read it, so I don't I don't know. It's worse than the movie. Uh, well, I mean, the movie. Read it after the movie, and it's so. like you know, this is. I I don't know. I was disappointed in it. I don't really. I don't. I'm trying to think. The most overrated book. Wolf Hall uh, was literally unreadable to me. I made it like 30 pages. 
Um, and I know everybody loves Wolf Hall, but it was bad. I was I really hated excited. the writing style. You know, when I heard about the Fountainhead, I said this really sounds like something that would appeal to me. <laughs> oh boy! Yes. No, I, I, that's that's not true. Not true. I have not read it, and will never. Yeah. Um. Actually, you know what? L let me ask you one more. Well, it's not really a question, but uh, ice hockey or Twitter, it says on here, uh, spinning off the debate on Sunday. Say something nice about each other. Oh, I have plenty, plenty of nice stuff to say about about Ryan. He's uh, go on. <laughs> he's he's a much more friendly, sincere person than. Than comes across on the internet. Oh, and he wow. likes. That's definitely true. And you and you like things. You like a lot of things, and you're very enthusiastic about the things that you like. And people have asked me that, like, does he does he hate everything? I'm like, no, he likes tons of stuff. I like so many things. It's just he he likes too many things. That is almost certainly true. Like too many things. I wish you hated more stuff. <laughs> Ironically, the only thing I really hate is most of what happens in hockey. Yeah. But no, Ryan, Ryan Lambert's a, a very sincere uh, a sincere person who enjoys lots of things, and I feel like people don't maybe don't realize that. <laughs> I have nothing nice to say about Sean. Uh, yeah, no, I, I just... <laughs> Sean really, really, really makes me laugh a lot, like all the time. Just... You know, I don't fave tweets, but if I did, I feel like it would just be a Sean Gentilly greatest hits with, like, a few other stuff, mi like, mixed in. Um, I, you know, I, I think if you listen to this podcast, you hear me laugh quite a bit. And, uh... Well, thanks, man. He And, he's, and he is extremely nice. We've met in real life, what, twice, right? Yes. And both times, just a super nice little boy who I like so much. <laughs> what a charming boy I am. It's Well, here's the thing, too. I feel like we have become much better friends because of this podcast. That's, that's probably true. And I, because of that, I really, I really like doing this podcast because we get to just shoot the shit like, yeah. with, with our buddy. Yeah, I mean that's that's for an really hour, what, hour and a half every week. And yeah, I like that's it so really. Much. If uh, if the car, it's the the only point. Of, that's really the point of this. It's just yeah. to sit here and bullshit and have it be conversational and and uh, you know, like you're sitting around and having a beer and talking about this sort of stuff. Or I know Ryan doesn't like beer, but whatever. Nope. So the podcast I mean, that's, is canceled that is. now. And we're nah, not that's doing that's it anymore. the that's the that's the point of it though. Is it just I like I like talking to people and just BSing about things, and that's sort of that's sort of the under the the through line for all of this. It's just an excuse to do that with uh, with my buddy. Mm -hmm. So we did it. That guy didn't think we could, but we could. That's very interesting that he that, that he didn't think that we could. Yeah, that we legitimately don't like each other. <laughs> yeah, in his in his book anyway. We have yeah. proven the contrary to be true. And uh, I think our year is done. Yeah, so that'll do it for this week's episode. And maybe next week we'll talk even more about sports, but don't bet on it, folks. Yeah, there will be a week of hockey games to talk about, and that's always 
you know, we screw, we, you know, joke about it, but it'll be nice. It'll be nice to talk about hockey games that aren't the World Cup. <laughs> yes, because as I established many times over, did not care about it at all at any point. I hadn't heard that. Just kidding. I had. Yeah. Okay. Well, goodbye, <laughs> right. folks. Thank you so much for listening. Yep. Keep sending your very good questions. Yep, and in, enjoy uh, enjoy the games because they're back. Oh yeah, they they started like ten minutes ago. So have a good one, yep. everybody. Goodbye. All right.